Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for hitting the play button on the Derek Diamond Experience. And thank you to those who listen every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and ddepodcast.com. This week, you'll be hearing my conversation with independent author Illyria Brandt. But first, I want to tell you about a great album by my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. It's called Murder Mystery Night and features 10 original tracks, including their single Carne Asada and Twin Peaks, which is also the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. You can find Murder Mystery Night on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And if you want to follow them on social media, just find them on Facebook, search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and they're also on Instagram and Twitter, at Wranglers. That's at U-W-R-A-N-G-L-E-R-S. You are listening to The Derek Diamond Experience. Welcome to episode 74 of the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of October 1st, 2015. While wow, it's already the month of October, that's just crazy. As always, I am coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. As you heard at the top of the show, you'll be hearing my conversation with independent author Elyria Brandt. And what's interesting about this interview is that she's an author but her debut book, which is called Love Siren's Call, it's a romance novel. It won't be hitting stores for a couple of months, but we recently started following each other on Twitter, and we were communicating back and forth about doing a possible interview. And I didn't want to just know about her upcoming book and why she wanted to get into writing, but I also wanted to know the appeal of romance novels, because I, I've gone through, you know, reading phases, and I, I do enjoy reading. I just don't have as much time to do it as I used to. But whenever you go to the bookstore, whether it be Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, you always see that giant section of romance novels. And I never really understood the appeal of those until I did this interview. So not only was it very entertaining, but it was also one of the more informative interviews that I've done in quite a while. It probably is one of the most informative interviews that I've ever done on this show. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and you get as much out of it as I have. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation I had with Elyria Brandt. Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience, and I am now here with my very special guest this week, author Illyria Brandt. Illyria, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I noticed you started following me on Twitter recently, and I thought, you know, with you being a new author, that it would be good to have a story, because I've never really talked with someone who is kind of getting their foot into the door of the profession they want to be in. So I, I thought, you know, it would be very cool to, to have you on. But where where are you calling us from? From New York City, Manhattan to be exact. Are you originally from New York City? Are you like a lifelong resident? Oh, yes. Born and raised. 
Very cool. Very cool. I, I've never been to New York, but I've heard – I know many people that have, and they they love it. Most people I know that have been to both New York and Los Angeles prefer New York over L.A. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've never been to L.A. personally, but um, New York is amazing. I mean, there's never a boring day here. It's the city that never sleeps. It is. 3 a.m. you could go to <laughs> um, clubs, bars. I mean – hangout spots even the cvs is open all night cvs's <laughs> yeah we we have one or two of those around here I, i'm i'm from the gulf coast of florida so it, it's nothing oh, like nice. it's nothing like new york but you know it's it's i guess in a way it kind of is but we've got the beach and everything but you know we, we've got a few places that stay open like that but obviously not as many as new york but um I'm sure are you, I, we mentioned you're an author. Have you always been interested in in writing? Is it something that you know you knew from an early age you wanted to do, or was it something that kind of came along later? Oh well, okay. So I've been writing my entire life. Um, I didn't think to publish until a few years ago, actually. But I've literally been writing since elementary school. Um, I remember the first day my mom took me to the local library, even. And that was the day that I fell in love with books. Um, She took me and I got my very first library card. And I took out a bunch of picture books. And I couldn't even really fully read them because I decided to take out books that were above my grade level. Um, And this was in kindergarten, actually, and I still remember it. Um, But I just took the books home and decided to make up my own stories to the pictures. Um, So my mother read the books to me, and then after that, I made up my own stories. And that day is very clear in my mind because after that, I became a regular at the library. And from there... It was going to bookstores, Barnes & Noble being my favorite one. I just love being in the store, surrounded by books. So from elementary school on, I just started taking spiral notebooks and filling them with poetry or nursery rhymes that I made up. Some of them not so good. I was a kid. But... um it really all started there. And then through junior high school, I would just write in journals or write in notebooks, creating my own short stories. And then college, um, again, I got my degree in English Lit with a concentration in creative writing. And I would just keep writing. Um, I didn't think to publish again at the time. I just did it because I loved it. It was really only maybe three years ago that I decided, you know what? I want to try to publish something. I'm a writer by nature. I do it because I love it, but why not get it out there to share my love with others, share my writing with others. So since you've been a kid or since you were a kid, you've been constantly writing. Yes. That That's something I, I went through a little phase where I, I kind of did that myself. I used to write fan fiction. And I never posted. Oh. I never posted any of it online. But you know, getting to create your own stories, I, I know firsthand is is kind of invigorating because as a writer, you get to basically create your own world and create the characters. And so, what is your favorite aspect of the writing process? Is it just coming up with the story, coming up with characters, or is it just the process as a whole? I think there's not one specific 
aspect of writing that I like better than the other. Um, I will say that one part of writing that is very painful is editing, and I'm sure that many authors will agree that would probably um, be the most painful part of writing. But um, I enjoy the whole process, sitting there, brainstorming, coming up with names for the characters, and that's not always easy either. People think, oh, you could just come up with a name. Not really. I mean, when you have a vision for a specific character, a name is important as well to represent that character. Um, I know um, the author of Harry Potter, she put a lot of thought into naming her characters. Um, in fact, she went back and did a lot of research on the stars. A lot of her characters are named after stars. Bellatrix, Sirius, named after, you know, constellations. So even the simplest thing as naming a character takes work, and I just love that. I love sitting there and brainstorming in the beginning and then drawing out a plan. Um, but I actually do something that I'm not sure other authors do. I kind of like to roll with it. Um, I know some of my author friends from Twitter have said they make an outline. I actually don't do that. I like my writing to be free-flowing, so I will sit there and just start typing. As ideas come to me, I get them down on my computer screen, and I let the story take me where it will. I never plan what's going to happen to my character tomorrow. I, it just literally, the inspiration hits me on the spot, and I don't know where my character will be tomorrow, who they're going to encounter, what they're going to do. It just, I let the story take me where it will, and it always works for me as a writing style. I think that's actually a really good process to go through because sometimes if you plan things out from A to B, it sometimes, once you actually do it, doesn't really work out the way you wanted. So to keep your options open as far as where you take the story, I think is a really good idea. Yeah. So what was the inspiration for your first ever novel that you're publishing is called uh, Love Siren's Call. What Was there something that gave you the inspiration to write this story? Absolutely. Um, actually, about a few years ago, I started having this dream with the characters that are now in my novel. Um, I have a little bit of a law background. I was pre-law in college, and I have done um, a couple of small law internships to kind of get a feel for the, um, for the job um, in college. However, I decided not to go with being a lawyer and became an English teacher instead. But I do have some prior background in law. So that combined with the recurring dream that I had, it just, um, I would keep having the same dream. And in it, my characters and the story and the different scenes would be dreams. Um, so one day I woke up and I thought to myself, okay, well, I keep having this dream. Why not turn it into a book? So I did. <laughs> I literally just sat down uh, and draw, uh, drew out a whole plan for the characters and all the scenes that I had seen in my dreams. I have very vivid dreams, by the way. So I literally just kind of sat down and started writing and turned the different scenes from my dreams into scenes in my novel. And that that's actually really cool. I, I I unfortunately don't remember my dreams, 
So they, I mean, uh-huh. they, they usually like when I first wake up, I'll remember them, but the memory like quickly fades. And I'm actually very envious of that because, you know, I, uh-huh. I would love to be able to remember that type of stuff, but still that that's really cool. And not to give away too many spoilers, but what is the general story of your book? The general story of the book is about a young woman who really wants to make it in the legal profession. I mean, she's driven at the same time, no romantic life whatsoever. Girl in the city. You know, if you think of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City, I always refer to Carrie Bradshaw. I kind of see myself as a Carrie because I'm single in the city as, as well. So, um, you know, I love that. You know, I love the show. Um, so, she, my main character, she lives in the city. She really wants to make it in the legal profession. But it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and it's not easy to make it into any of the top law firms here. It's very competitive in the city. So um, the story revolves around that and her struggles. At the same time, you also get to see her insecurities. Um, I try to ground my characters in reality. I mean... Again, a lot of erotica and romance novels that I have read, I mean, many of them are good. Everyone has a different talent for writing and different styles, but there are some that I have read um, that the storyline just isn't realistic, and it's all about the sex. They're doing it on the table. They're doing it in the bathroom. They're doing it in different positions, but um, it's all about the sex, and there's no developed story. There's no developed characters. There's there there's nothing, no substance to the characters. And if a reader doesn't fall in love with the characters, it's kind of hard to fall in love with the main hero or the 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 main woman in the story. It's hard to fall in love with them and really root for them if the characterization is not properly developed. So being that I am an English teacher um, in my day job, I you know, paid special attention to that. Um, My characters are people that you'll fall in love with and you'll be rooting for them throughout the book. Um, Again, it's a love story. It's a romance novel. So I would categorize it as a um, drama slash romance. So, and I like that you're going with the approach of having, you know, substance to it, having good characters, having a good storyline, because like you've said, there are, a lot of stories out there that are just about the sex and nothing else. So I, I, and it sounds like a a really good story to me. Thank you. And what, what would you say? Like if, if I were just some random person that you were say sitting in a cab or standing on an elevator with, and you mentioned you were a writer and you had this book coming out, uh, how, how would you pitch like, say what, what would be your demographic for this book? My demographic would be anyone from the age 18 and up. Again, and it's uh, adult content. There are, you know, steamy love scenes in the book as well. So I wouldn't want, you know, like somebody's teenage daughter out there reading it. I know the importance of that because I'm an English teacher for middle school and high school. I would never want my students reading that content either, personally. So 18 and up, it goes... um, it could be somebody's grandmother, somebody's mother reading my book. It could be um, an 18-year-old, 20-year-old, somebody that's embarking on a journey in life. I mean, really, my story can appeal to the larger demographic of women out there. 
women in search of love and also trying to make it and pursue their dreams. Right, right. And something that I've always been curious about, because, you know, you, you go to a bookstore and you see the romance section and that it's full of various different types of books. What mm-hmm. is the appeal of those? Like, as a guy asking a woman, what what is the appeal of the books? The, the appeal for women in reading romance novels, when you walk through that section of, let's say, Barnes & Noble, and you see those covers with this strong, manly man on the cover holding a woman, um, this frail, fragile-looking woman, and he's the knight in shining armor, there is an appeal for women. There is a reason why the romance industry is booming right now. There's a reason why... Um, it is so successful that even all the major, the big five publishers have imprints out like Avon Impulse, Harper Impulse. They're all imprints of HarperCollins, for example. And then um, Harlequin Novels has an imprint, Karina Press. So all these major big five publishers have their smaller imprints out trying to get new up-and-coming talent, uh, up-and-coming romance authors. Why? Because they appreciate and they know that the industry is booming, and they're trying to find that new talent to get ebook, romantic ebooks out even, um, print and ebook. So the, the appeal, again, for that is women want that manly man. Um, we want that knight in shining armor who will sweep us off our feet, the big, muscular, manly man. Um, and I used an example in another interview of Jamie Fraser from um, the TV show Outlander. Again, he's Scottish. He's got that accent. He's rugged. He's almost a little dirty. <laughs> and he's wearing his kilt, and he rocks that kilt. He makes it look manly. Um, so there's an appeal there. Women want that strong man who will take what he wants but at the, and sweep, but at the same time, sweep you off your feet and be vulnerable and be loving and care and kind. Um, so we kind of want both. We want the best of both worlds in that sense. So I think that's the appeal that especially I know for me as a single woman, I get my fix off of these novels. And I'm sure that many and the reason I'm using myself as an example first is because I don't just want to say many women out there. That's a general statement. So I use myself as an example, and then I follow it up by, I'm sure that many other women feel the same way that I do, that, you know, if you're single, living in a city or anywhere in the world, really, um, even in a small town, if uh, you, you kind of, you get that fix, especially if you don't have, you know, a manly man in your life such as that. Um, or sometimes women that do have a husband, they still read the novels because it makes them feel good. It takes you out of your reality for a little while and puts you in somebody else's world, a world where there's love and romance and men that just are appealing in every way and seem to be perfect in every way, physically and in terms of uh, giving the woman what they really want, the romance, the love. Okay, so it's it's basically because it... it personifies a guy who is strong and takes what he wants, but at the same time can be vulnerable and understanding. Exactly. Okay. Because I've, like I said, I've seen them for years, but never really heard the appeal from, you know, someone. And and you're 
a perfect example for that demographic. You know, you're you're single, you live in a big city, so you you fit that demographic. And I never really understood what the big appeal was to like Fifty Shades of Grey and other types of uh, romance novels. So you you've really you've really enlightened me on that. Yeah, and Fifty Shades of Grey is the perfect example of. Um E.L. James uses a perfect blend of sex, but at the same time, she develops her story, and I admire her for that. She really develops it well throughout the three books, and you do fall in love with her characters. You fall in love with Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele, so it's not just about the sex. There is a storyline there, a solid plot, and and good characterization. You genuinely love the characters. So that would be a perfect example, actually. Gotcha. Of women love that Christian is a manly man, you know, business tycoon, rich at the same time, good looking and strong, but he's very vulnerable. And he shows that vulnerability to Anna Steele in the book. And women read that and we're thinking, oh, my God, why can't we have that? You know, (laughs) he's strong and vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've never... I've never read the book, or I, and I haven't seen the movie, so I, I know that's been used a lot when you know I read articles about romance novels or you know the appeal of them. That that's always used as an example. So, with with this book, um, does it have a a release date yet? Not yet. It's going to be released in 2016, but I haven't given it a release date yet because the manuscript is with my editor. Um, I want to get it nice and perfect. And after that, I'm going to be sending it out to publishers. So my first plan is obviously to send it out to publishers. Backup plan is always um, self-publishing. And so that, and I also wanted to ask you about the process because I've never really written anything to the extent that you have. So you basically just write the manuscript and you send it to be edited. Yes. Um, if you don't have a publisher yet, usually when you sign with a publisher, they have an editor. They give you editing services, and it should be free of charge um, if you've signed with a publisher, a legit one, even if it's a small one. But um, if you don't have a publisher yet, and this is another recommendation I would make for all the potential writers slash writers out there, my advice is, never send a manuscript out for consideration to publishers without it being polished. If you, if you um, think, oh, well, you know, if they accept my manuscript, they'll give me an editor. No, never send it out without it being polished first because they will reject you right away. So that is why, um, you know, I hired an editor to edit my work before I send that polished manuscript out for consideration with different publishers. And what's some advice you could give? I mean, that and that's very good advice as well. As far as like wanting to write something, like if someone walks up to you and says, "I want to be an author," what's what was what would be the biggest piece of advice you could give? I would say go for it. Um, draw, think of an idea, something that no one else there has done, or maybe somebody has done it, but you could make a fan fiction you mentioned earlier that you write fan fiction 
So I kind of wanted to joke that you're you're going to write something, you know, kind of that that'll make a, a huge success out there, like Fifty Shades, because E.L. James she wrote fan fiction. It was based off of Twilight, you know. Um, so again, like dreams come true. I would tell anyone go for it, write something, whether it's an idea that's already out there, roll with it without plagiarizing, of course. Um, like, you could use somebody else's idea and then create your own inspiration. That's possible without plagiarizing. Or just come up with a new idea, uh, go for it, write, just get it down on paper first. Don't worry so much about the, the grammar, the spelling. Just get things down on paper. That's the hardest part is starting. Once you complete and stay consistent, write every day, even if it's just one page. If you're busy and you can only write one page, write one page a day. In a year, you'll have a full-length novel. Um, And uh, again, a year is the amount of time that it takes to write a good, solid novel. Anything sooner than that, it may not, it could be great quality, um, depends on how much work you put in, but usually the good amount of time would be a year to write the book. So write one page a day and do it you know, develop an idea, write consistently every day. Once you complete it, get an editor to polish your work um, and then send it out to publishers. It can't hurt. Um, And again, you have to have thick skin because you will be rejected a lot. Um, Publishers reject a lot. And if on the off chance that you can't find a publisher to everyone out there that is listening and would like to know how to publish if by chance you cannot find a publisher and you have tried and sent out your manuscript and you keep getting rejected, do self-publishing. I mean, I know that out there, there are people that think that self-publishing is, uh, if you self-publish, you're not a real author. I've heard this many times, which is why I'm mentioning it. That's not true. There are self-published authors out there especially in the romance industry that became New York Times bestsellers. And after that, they signed with major publishers. One of the, the big five is what they're called. Um, publishers out there. So I, my advice would be go for it. If you want to write a, a book, just come up with a good idea and just start getting it down on paper. Worry about the rest later. While you're writing that novel just worry about staying consistent and getting it down next step editing next step um sending out your polished manuscript with a query letter and you know a synopsis and a bio of yourself usually submission guidelines are on the website for the different publishers they all want different things um and you know just wait sometimes they take three to six months to get back to you and if that doesn't work, do the self-publishing. I totally agree so with that. you. I totally agree with you about the self-publishing. I, I could compare that a lot to independent filmmaking because I, I'm involved a lot with the local film community here, and a lot oh. of a lot oh. of their stuff they, you know, they shoot, edit, and release themselves because, you know, you're if you get rejected by say like a Warner brothers or a Fox, you can do it yourself and it's not, it's not impossible. So I I, I look at when you're describing self publishing, that's instantly what it makes me think of is it's like independent filmmaking. 
It is, actually. That's the perfect example um, that you came up with. It is. Indie films, and if you self-publish, you're, you would be called an indie author. And I'm friends with a lot of indie authors on Facebook and Twitter. My, actually, my largest following is on Twitter versus Facebook. I find that Facebook isn't what it used to be, so my following on Facebook isn't as large. I think Twitter is the new in thing. And I have the largest following on there. So I try to be very active on it. Um, the younger generation doesn't really go on Facebook anymore. So <laughs> you have to be up with and, and like informed of which social media to use as a as an author, as an indie filmmaker, as an entrepreneur. You have to know. And Twitter is one of the big in things for promoting stuff or business. That's true. I mean, that's. That's the reason this interview is taking place is because of Twitter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually a very good segue. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you, um, how can people find you on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and do you also have a website? Um, for the website, I'm currently developing one. So hopefully within the month, uh, within the next month or even before, I'll have my website up. If the domain is available, I it'll be IllyriaBrandt.com. Um, so hopefully within a month, that should be up, my official website. But as for now, I'm working off of my Facebook author page and my Twitter. So if you want to find me, again, I'm very active on Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to, if anyone out there wants to message me, if anyone wants to find me or know more about me, you can find me on Twitter. Again, I'm very active. So my Twitter is um, Illyria underscore Brandt. So I-L-L-Y-R-I-A underscore B-R-A-N-T. Um, and my Facebook, you would just type into the search Illyria Brandt and I should pop up. My There's both my Facebook page and my Facebook author page. I mean, you could friend me and follow me. <laughs> and I'm happy to hear from readers, fans, people that want to be friends, fellow authors. I'm always, I love networking, and I, and I have tons of writer friends on my social media. We always network and talk and exchange ideas and whatnot. So that's where you can find me. And then on my social media, once my website is up, and running, I will post the link on my Twitter and my Facebook. So all my followers will be aware how they can get to my website once it's up. Perfect. Well, I would just like to say uh, in closing, thank you very much for taking the time to do the interview. This was really informative and really fun. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. My thanks again to Elyria Brandt for coming on the show for that very informative interview, not just about her upcoming book, but about the appeal of romance novels. And don't forget to follow her on Twitter at Elyria underscore Brandt. And don't forget you can check out past episodes of this show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or you can stream them directly from the website, which is ddepodcast.com. You can also find me on social media. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience on Facebook and follow me on Twitter at DDE underscore podcast. And that's all the time I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you once again for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys next Thursday. Thursday.